What's going on, people? Welcome to First Round Fantasy. This is episode number one of the First Round Fantasy Podcast, or the FRF Podcast, whatever you want to call it. I am Jacob Bartley, and I'm joined by Gabe Maramontes. What is up, dude? Dude, how's it going? I'm excited. I am yes. so excited. This is going to be fun. We've been... How long have we talked about doing a fantasy podcast? For like three years at least. Honestly, yeah, probably since I've since I've known you, we've been talking. Yeah, about well, since we started playing fantasy football, like we've talked about the idea, and we're finally doing it. We're bringing it to fruition. We have a YouTube channel. We're working on other stuff. We're gonna have other members as well. Ooh. But this is our this is our first episode, but it's also kind of a test run to see how things go. However the show is, that's not how it's always going to be. We're going to be tinkering and trying to make it better as we go. But, hey, this is our first episode, and let's get going. So we're going to talk about um, some recent fantasy news, and we're Mm -hmm. also going to look at ESPN's top 10 offseason moves and what fantasy impacts those might have, just Mm -hmm. because we're still in the offseason and there's not much to talk about. And I will say the – frequency of this podcast is going to be random for now but once we get to preseason i think we're going to do once a week or something like that yeah guys i mean rome wasn't built in a day things take time (laughs) great things take time and uh just give us time we're going to work on it we're going to polish our craft and we're going to have fun doing it and i think that's what's most important is that we started this because we both enjoy fantasy football we love to talk about fantasy football uh, sometimes too much, um, yes. but it's just a great experience. And we thought, why not share our opinions? Even if you don't like them all the time, exactly. They're going to be hot takes and <laughs> you say you won't listen, but you're going to listen. So it's going to be fun. And we're happy to anybody who joins the ride. Absolutely. And I just think of all the fantasy conversations we have and how many arguments or debates come up (laughs) i'm like why waste those put them into a podcast so people can hear them because sometimes there's some gold that comes from these conversations and one of the big things about fantasy football too is conversation like absolutely you want that advice you want people to hear your opinions um and that's just kind of what it's all about it's a camaraderie of people talking conversating and this is what we want to do so we think it'll be fun Absolutely. And I know once the season starts, or at least the preseason, one segment I want to do is talking trades. And basically what I want to do is it's not going to be us doing actual trades live on the show. I mean, that can happen, but it's going to be more like, okay, if I had, uh, you know, Julio Jones, would I trade him for this player, this player, this player, like trade scenarios and what we would do. And also maybe we'll bring up some of the craziest trades that we were offered that week or something like that. Cause in our leagues, trades are just crazy. It's like between all of our leagues, there's like 20 trades a week. It's like something like that. It's, it's crazy. So let's get to it. So first up, we're going to talk segment I call that new news. And that's where we're going to discuss recent topics in the fantasy football world. And first up, is it's not brand new but it's pretty big it's dalvin cook will not participate in any team activity activities until he receives a new contract um this is coming from adam schefter your favorite guy uh <laughs> i do <laughs> enjoy it gabe is like the adam schefter of the group because he's always 
he's breaking stories in our group chat. So <laughs> he's the Shefty of the of this crew. And so basically, I, like I, I want to know your thoughts on Let's say, and today today would be a very early day to draft, but let's say you were drafting yeah. today and you have the fifth pick and Dalvin Cook's sitting there. Are you taking Dalvin Cook in the first round? Wow. This is how we want to start the show, right? One of, a tough question. A tough right. decision, yeah. Um, but honestly, it, is it too soon to tell? First of all, I don't think a lot of people are going to be drafting today. Not necessarily, right? no. Not necessarily. Um, but if I was drafting today, there are a few things I'd want to consider first. And first and foremost is how confident am I that he's going to get a deal done before the season starts? Um, looking back at the history of the last couple of years, we saw Zeke hold out two years ago. Yes. Um, Le'Veon. Guess, guess what, though? He came back before the season started. Yep. We saw Le'Veon Bell hold out. He did not come back. Now, so the year before he did, and then he held out again, and he didn't. He's his yeah. own special case. Yeah. And uh, even with Melvin Gordon, who's actually another interesting – Oh, that's a at, good one. Melvin Gordon he held out what, for like six, six games, eight though. weeks. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So now given that all of them had different contract negotiations and different details within those contracts that allowed them to do what they did um, – that has to be your first priority is how confident are you that he will come back going as the sixth pick in the draft right now, if I was there, or would you say five? At the five so spot? basically I said five, but my, my uh, thinking was, let's say they're all the best running backs are off the board. So let's say there's, you know, Zeke Barkley, McCaffrey, Henry and Kamara are off the board. So let's say you have the sixth pick and those five are taken. Mm -hmm. Are you taking Cook? You know what? That's tough. He has an injury past. He is on the verge of a holdout. Even though, personally, personally, I think he might come back. And this might be personal preference. But given my best judgment and how early we are in the season, if the draft happened today, I'd probably take my first wide receiver off the board with Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a safe I'd bet. I so I'd been in this scenario before. I this was Zeke's. Uh, I believe it was the Zeke situation, and he he oh. was holding out, and I I took him and I waited until see I had the tenth pick, so I took Zeke, and I took a wide receiver, and I felt more comfortable with that because my plan was to get Zeke's handcuffed later. Now you can't guarantee that you're going to get that handcuffed, so. Never Let's can. say you do take Dalvin Cook in the first round thinking, all right, I'm going to get Alexander Madison later. You can't guarantee that. So what you're going to have to do is reach for Alexander Madison if you take Dalvin Cook. I'm not saying in the fourth round, but normally let's say Dalvin Cook was not holding out at all. Mm -hmm. Alexander Madison would go in in like the 15th or 16th round or maybe not even yeah. get drafted. He's a solid handcuff that – Probably exactly. will probably get drafted, yeah. So, but now he's definitely getting drafted if somebody were to draft while Cook is holding out. Yeah. So I think somewhere in the eight to ten round is a safe spot to reach because then you guarantee yourself a strong starting running back, no matter what happens. If Dalvin Cook holds out, we've seen what Alexander Madison could do with two or three mm -hmm. touches. He has like 50 yards. He's yeah, he's a very talented. Player. 
he's arguably the best backup in the league. It, he's up. He's in the conversation. Yeah, uh, and Minnesota's so, O line is remarkable. So exactly, probably put anybody almost like the Zeke situation a couple of years ago, where Dallas's offensive line was so good yeah. that even Tony Pollard. I mean, it was preseason, but even Tony yeah. Pollard preseason. Well, dude, when Tony Pollard plays, he does he plays well, even in the exactly. real season games. And that Dallas line, like DeMarco Murray was the best running back in the league when he was on Dallas. So it really does have to do with the system and the O line yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so basically I say I think Dalvin Cook is gonna drop to the second round until Ooh. until his contract situation is resolved. Yes, and again. With this being the first story and all, this is definitely a will keep you posted kind of story because so many things can change. Um, So that's one thing that we're just going to keep an eye on. I mean, obviously, all of you guys are too, but uh, our ideas and our opinions will change as the offseason changes and progresses. Absolutely, yeah. So instead of a top five pick, I say he's a top 12, top 15 pick, and then you got to make sure you get his handcuff, I, I would say. Yeah, I don't think he falls out of the top 15. That seems crazy. Yeah, because uh, even if he misses two or three games and he comes back and you are you have a, a decent record when he comes back, you're going to – you have an RB1, top five yeah. running back right away. And kind of like your situation from a couple of years ago where we drafted before the season started. We still didn't know if Zeke was going to come back. And like you said, you took him at 10, and he ended up having a great year that year. So I think Dalvin Cook is obviously top 10 back, top five potential. Oh, yeah. I don't see him falling top 15. I don't see him falling out of the top 12. Uh, yeah. And again, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. So a similar situation, but not really. So Ezekiel Elliott is has tested positive for COVID-19. He is asymptomatic. Now, I don't know how the NFL is dealing with this. I would imagine anybody who's positive is not playing. I, that's what I would imagine. So, But the thing is, we've seen people – they recover from it and that doesn't mean it goes away but let's say zeke tests negative for it in the during four preseason starts he might be full-fledged back now i say similar situation because now like if you were drafting today how do people feel about zeke i think i don't think he drops as much as dalvin cook but i think he drops a little bit instead of maybe number two or three maybe he drops to the fifth or sixth spot but similar situation and you have to grab tony pollard tony pollard is so good he's again in the conversation with alexander madison is one of the best backups so i feel more comfortable taking zeke than cook right now but i wouldn't take him at two or three like i maybe might have before i would definitely take him if all the other running backs were off the board all those top five were off the board and he's the last one I would still take him in that fifth or sixth spot and then make sure I get Tony Pollard in the ninth or 10th round. What about you? Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely agree with what you said. Uh, but really quick, I feel like this is probably a good time to mention that, uh, you know, in quotation marks, that we are not medical professionals. Absolutely. And we understand that there is a horrible, horrible uh, thing going on in the world right now. And we don't even know if there's going to be football this year. Uh, one of the things true. I've been keeping an eye on That's is true. how the NBA is handling all of this. They're expected to come back July 31st. They're expected to start games. Um, but they're going to be playing in their own little quarantine bubble. Yeah. Uh, and 
we don't know how COVID-19 is going to affect the next month, the next six months, heck, even the next couple of years. We have no idea how this is going to change. Um, It can be scary, but just letting you know that also with that being said, this is a real world problem and fantasy football comes second. So yeah, if Zeke gets COVID-19 and he is somewhat, uh, ailing from it, he has problems or complications. Well, yeah, and just I hope first I'll say I hope he's okay. I hope yeah his teammates, his family, his friends are okay. Absolutely. And so I watch a I watch a lot of movie podcasts, and what they always say is, look, there's more important things going on in the world. There's more mm-hmm. important to see football, but we're going to talk about these situations within the world of fantasy football. So when we talk about Zeke being tested for cup of 19 where it that's terrible. Like it's, I can't imagine, but it's still, we're going to talk about how it affects the fantasy football world as well. Yeah. And I think that was good for you and I to both bring up. Absolutely. We're not heartless, selfish. Exactly. Like we only fans. care about how it affects. <laughs> fantasy. Well, no, that's not no, the case. Not at all. Uh, but to answer your question again, this is one of those things you have to just wait and see. Uh, if I was drafting today, yeah, I'd probably still grab Zeke, knowing what I know about COVID-19, which isn't a lot. Um, it seems to me that people that are asymptomatic, uh, you know, they heal up pretty quickly, and we'll have to observe and see how the NFL uh, deals with situations like these as they arise, because there's no doubt that there's probably there. It is most likely a possibility that people will. Uh, be diagnosed with COVID-19. And that's just a harsh reality during the season. So it'll be interesting to see what types of um, plans are put in place to kind of combat these issues. And I'm eager to see how that goes. But drafting Zeke, yeah, I would still draft him. Top five, top four. Yeah, we still have months until the season months. starts. Months. So there's plenty of time to do that where a holdout can – Still oh, into the season. Yeah. 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 So let all right. Let me pitch you this question real quick. Would you rather have Alvin Cook and Alexander Madison right now or Zeke Ooh. and Tony? Yeah, that's Would a good you rather one. have each one with their with their handcuff. You have to yeah. consider who you like better out of Pollard and Madison, too. Yeah, completely unbiased opinion. I'll probably take Zeke and Pollard. Yeah. Uh, He's going higher. He's the better running back. I, he's on the better team, better yeah. quarterback, better weapons overall. He's probably yeah. I'll take him easy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, and easy. even though I, I think Cook and Madison are great, I would lean slightly towards Zeke and Pollard. Yeah. Alrighty. So this next one, look. Full disclosure: I'm a 49ers fan, so this <laughs> you have one, to get it out there. You have to. My heart. You can see my Kittle poster right behind me. This one hurts a little bit, but look again. We're we're so far away from the season starting that this might not affect things. So Debo Samuel suffered a broken left foot during a workout with teammates uh, this past Tuesday, Ooh. and he will be signed sidelined three to four months. Um, so basically. If he doesn't return on time or at 100%, what should fantasy owners do with the San Francisco wide receiver situation? Do you even touch any of those guys? Or does it? how does it affect the San Francisco 
overall as an offense related to fantasy? Yeah. Well, first, let's look at the timeline. Three to four months, that puts you early September right on par, like what, weeks one, two, and three of the season. Um, if he comes back in three months, that's the best yeah. possible scenario. If he comes back in four and months. And he might feel faster. Yeah. We've seen injuries yeah. come back sooner. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, but just looking at that timeline, you're looking at weeks one, two, three, somewhere in that range, or even four, five, and six if it gets worse, right? So any setbacks or things like that. Um, with that being said, looking at San Francisco overall, I mean, looking at tight end, you can't put Kittle any higher than he already is. He's the number two tight end in the league. And I don't know if that's that, – obviously, I would think you probably have him at number two, Kelsey being number one. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say so, yeah. So ranking for unbiased opinion, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, rankings-wise, he can't go any higher. Uh, he gets a bump because of this. Right, especially the first few yeah, weeks I of the season. Yeah, I think he gets a bump overall. Like, let's say he was going number twenty in the draft. Maybe yeah. he goes fifteen in the draft. But I still take Kelsey over him if just unbiased. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, as far as receivers, though, I mean, this all comes back to Jimmy G. Not unbiased at all. I am not a fan of Jimmy G. And I actually have some numbers here, so I'm just going to run them by you. He came out of the season. He came out of the gates last season. Weeks one through three, these were his passing attempts. He threw 46 passes game one, 45 week two, 37 week three, and 35 week four. All right? He came out blazing. Obviously, San Francisco had a great record. They were a they were a wonderful team. They're a great team. No offense to them at all. They're doing something right. But even if you're a great team, you know, hashtag Tebow, Denver Broncos, whatever year that was, you can have a great team and not the best quarterback. And again, Jimmy G is a great quarterback. I just don't know if he can sustain uh, wide receivers on that team. And if he could, it's definitely going to be Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um, and kind of piggybacking off of that, progressed through the year, he was on a natural trend downward in pass attempts per game. Weeks 12 through 16. They were running so much. They were running so much. Weeks 12 mm -hmm. through 16, he was averaging 20 pass attempts a game. That is bottom 10 in the league with of all available quarterbacks. You know, a lot of that has to do with with game with gameplay and game flow yeah. because yeah. the Niners were up most of the time and Great their defense. defense was holding the other offense down. So even if we're up by a touchdown, we don't want to risk turning the ball over. So we're just going to run it the whole time. And we, we were using multiple running backs. We were using Mostert and uh, Col Coleman. The first half of the season, Coleman was an RB1. And then second <laughs> half of the season, Mostert's an RB1. So it was just crazy. But – no, I agree. And then the playoffs came too, by the way. We can't go and without then, saying that. Most 19, pass attempts, 19 Not, pass attempts against Minnesota and then eight. He threw the ball eight times against Green Bay. A professional quarterback, he threw the ball eight times. And they Green won. Bay. And look, Jimmy <laughs> they Jimmy won. Exactly. Is, not our, is not the reason we win. He, I talked about it so many times. He disappointed me in the, in the Super Bowl. But – and he's not – he's a – He's a middle of the pack quarterback. He's yeah. like he's solid for what he does. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he also doesn't take a lot of risks that lead to 
big plays. So yeah. I look, if you watch last season overall, he made a lot of clutch plays when they needed him to, when they needed a third down to, to move the ball when the game was tied or we were down, he made a lot of clutch plays, but he doesn't normally take a lot of risks and he obviously failed in the Super Bowl. So I look, like you said, Kittle definitely gets a little bump, maybe not to t- tight end one, like tight end number one overall, but he definitely gets a little bump. I think the running backs maybe get a little bump as well. Yeah, They're going to maybe man. run a little bit more and maybe catch a little bit more. But also, I do think every, like, there's always at least one fantasy relevant wide receiver. You know, it was Marquise Goodwin for a minute there, a Pierre Garçon was one, but. Obviously, Debo Samuel emerged, and Emmanuel Sanders was playing pretty damn well last year too. Uh, so I think I think the one to emerge the most out of this is the rookie Brandon Ayuk. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's actually from Rockland, from our area. He went to Sierra area. College, uh, and yeah. I went to Sierra College. Uh, so he is he's the rookie coming in. I think I don't really know much about him, but I think he he look. Shanahan likes small, fast receivers, and I believe Ayuk is a small, fast receiver. So I think while Debo's out, if Debo's out during the regular season, I think Brandon Ayuk benefits the most from it, in my Mm. opinion. Most definitely. And circling back to what we said, to what I said earlier, um, there's this weird realm, right? There's fantasy football, and then there's real life, right? And in real life, Jimmy Garoppolo, He's a great quarterback. He has great time management, clock management, I should say. He's a good overall NFL quarterback. Fantasy-wise, I probably won't want to touch him. He's no, a streamer no, no. week to week. Yes. And when it comes to fantasy, if he's already an average fantasy quarterback, I'm not going to waste – I probably won't waste any draft capital on a Trent Taylor, on a Brandon Ayuk. On a yeah, isn't Jalen Hurd there too? On a Jalen yep. Hurd, those are probably just going to be dart throws for me. I might pick him up, yeah. use him as a last round because in terms of Debo Samuel, he's only going to miss the first one, two, three weeks. Like, I can probably find someone else uh, to substitute yeah. during that time. So, no, that's a good point because I'm not necessarily like I would draft Ayuk because I'm a Niners fan in the last round, but he might go undrafted it just really depends dude and debo debo's actually really ranked really high so i've done a draft and he is projected on yahoo he's projected like 17 points a game before he got injured and i'm like damn that's like wide receiver one numbers yeah and it's funny you say that too because i did a mock draft this morning he went in third round which i thought was really high i don't know if they take into account his injury just yet interesting it was uh, – no, 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 not third round. Oh, my gosh. That is way too high. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> not the third round, folks. Not, we're, we're not that inaccurate, all right? Not the third round. But he definitely went uh, earlier than I thought he would have, and I just didn't think they'd taken it to his in- injury into consideration. Yet. Yeah, even before the injury, he wasn't going too high. Like, I think he was flying yeah. under the radar a little bit. So, uh, I and do was- – Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I do think this is definitely going to hurt his draft capital for sure. But like we said, who knows? By the time the season starts, maybe he's good to go starting week one, and there's no worries, you know? Yeah, and let's look at it this way. 
if Debo Samuels goes down in the rankings and come draft day, you know, oh, hey, well, Debo Samuels not going to play until probably week three or week four. Obviously, his draft ranking is going to be affected because of that. Personally, if he goes to the ninth, 10th, 11th round, I'll probably snag him oh, up. I think it's definitely too. a stash. Wait and see. He was super efficient last year. Um, and honestly, I think he's going to fall a little bit farther than that too. So I'll take him if he's there at the right price for yeah. sure. I hope that he comes back and he puts up the same numbers he did last year. I always take the risk on that because, look, while you're waiting for him to come back, you can play with some of your bench guys and plug them into that starting wide receiver spot, plug them into that flex spot. And fantasy football, look, we have all of our rankings and all of our projections, but there's so many guys on benches, not even drafted, who perform every week. So you'll be able to fill the void until Debo comes back. And once he does come back, you have a high-end wide receiver too and ready to go. So – I think I always take those risks when I can because it's you might as well use a bench spot on those than somebody somebody you know who's going to come back and be solid than just a random flyer. Yeah, or if you have an IR spot, you can always stash them there too. That's very true. I love those IR spots. They're so useful. All right, so let's move on to this ESPN top 10 offseason moves. I didn't know a better way to cover some of the offseason moves than just looking at this top 10 list. I think it's a fun way to do it. And it was fun. Yeah. And if this is like this is our first episode, the only thing, the first thing to talk about is the offseason moves. And then we can slowly move into other stuff in, in future episodes. So the big one, and basically we're gonna talk about these moves and how it affects the fantasy football players on that team, not just that player, but how it affects the other offensive players on that team as well. So Tom Brady, the big one, Tom Brady is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought I'd never say those words. This is crazy. First of all, where do you see Tom Brady ranking for quarterbacks? And then how do you think the pass catchers and running backs are affected? That's a really great question. Tom Brady New offense. I feel like you could say that for a lot of players, right? Any like we're gonna talk about Teddy Bridgewater in a little while. New player, new team, yep. new coach, right? Yep. Tom Brady, new different, different scenario entirely because he is Tom Brady. His name yep. value is so high. Um, personally, though, I don't know. I am really interested Tom. to see how this pans out. He's going to Tampa Bay where there's Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians loves to throw the ball downfield. Tom Brady is, I mean, he's on a vegan diet. He looks great, but he's (laughs) older. He is an older quarterback. I don't know. What is he? 41, 42 now? Something like that. Crazy in terms of NFL standards, even for a quarterback. I think we saw Brett Favre get to that point, but he's older. And because of that, does he have the arm strength, the conditioning, I mean, obviously, looking at his past experience, it tells us that he does and that he can sustain that offense. Um, But as far as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin go, I don't know. Like, for instance, let's play this first scenario. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they're close in draft rankings right now. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're so close, dude. Which one would you rather have? Chris Godwin's or Mike uh, Evans on your team? 
man. If you drafted, uh, we keep saying this. If you drafted today, who you Look, take? I am. They're literally like I've seen draft rankings. They're like eleven and twelve. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So I, this look, tough. What are you doing? I am a, I am a believer and a big fan of big, huge wide receivers. So look, Ooh. I love me some Calvin Johnson. I love me yes. some Kenny Galladay. I yes. love me some Julio Jones and AJ Green. So I'm going to go Mike Evans. If I'm drafting, I'm going to take Mike Evans, even though, honestly, Godwin might be the better fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, it's too soon to tell, but I 100% agree with you. I would go Mike Evans in a heartbeat. This is a wide receiver who, since coming into the league, has not put up less than a 1,000-yard receiving year. Yeah. Great. And you know, even those years, it seems like he's struggling. You look at his stats at the end of the year and he balled out. And actually, that's a good point that you brought this up because it goes hand in hand with last year, too. Last year, if you had Mike Evans and someone else had Chris Godwin, it was like boom or bust either week. You would have Chris Godwin, the guy that had Chris Godwin on his team, super ecstatic that he put up, you know, amazing numbers. Meanwhile, I have Mike Evans who put up a dud, a literal dud, yeah. right? That doesn't happen next week. Mike Evans has a great week. Then Chris Godwin puts up a dud. Can Tom Brady sustain both quarterbacks? I mean, both quarterbacks, both wide receivers? I think he can. However, I think we're going to still see some of that boom bust potential. Oh, yeah. Players. But that doesn't mean that because they're boom or bust, I'd still take them where they're being drafted at, of course. And I'd take Mike Evans. Um, Tom Brady has always been super efficient around the red zone. He likes throwing to big bodies in the red zone. That's why freaking Gronk is back. Uh, Dude, which is they have three. About. They have three tight end, three good tight ends. Yeah, three good tight ends, and he loves throwing to big bodies in the end zone. Um, I just think Mike Evans will be the better fit fantasy wise, and I think. You know what? I know. I know. Mike Evans, I'm saying it now. All right. Mike Evans will have a better fantasy year than Chris Godwin this year. Wow. Look, if, if I disagreed with you, I would like say Chris Godwin's going to have a better season and we would do bets. Look, this is what we're going to do. I, I watch um, the Fantasy Focus podcast and they do, when a situation like that comes up and they disagree, they keep track of their their bets, I guess, if you could say, but that's not one, but I, cause I don't, I agree with you. I think Mike Evans is going to have a better season, but if a scenario comes up like that, where we disagree, we'll keep track of it and then tally up the, our points at the end of the season and see who had the most right or something like that. I'm down. Well, we just had our first one, but you didn't hypothetically disagree with me. Yeah, right? no, no, no. I was just saying. But we agree. Mike I Evans. Did. Yes, Mike Evans. But hey, one might come up with the rest of these. Who knows? Uh, I actually, I think Tom Brady, it's going to explode this season. <laughs> I think Tom Brady is going to be a QB1. Yeah, I really do. QB1. Look at how many weapons he's had. Look, he had Randy Moss, who was the best player he ever played with. I mean, he had Gronk too. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, are, they're both arguably the best players he ever played with. He's never had an entire squad like this before, offensively. So yeah. many yeah. weapons all together at once. It's yeah. crazy. One I think he's going to have a similar to Peyton Manning in Denver season. 
Ooh, that's a lot of touchdowns. I know. I think it's going to happen, to be honest. Well, look at look at Peyton Manning. He was older. I mean, not as yep. old as Tom was, but he was older when he went to Denver. And, man, did he have a great fantasy season and a great overall season in terms of the real world as well. Yeah, he, uh, he broke the record for touchdowns that year. And yeah. I think – did Patrick Mahomes break it? Uh, oh man, now you're putting me on the spot. Like two like, years ago, no, no, no. It, it's all so, good. We can, uh, we'll check that later. But I think he did. did. Fact check us if we're wrong, guys. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I don't think there's too much of, we don't, that running back situation is going to be who know who the hell knows what's going to happen with that. Oh, hold on, Jacob. We will get to that point and I will tell you what is going to happen. Okay. So we're going to get to that point in just a little bit. With the Tampa Bay running backs? Oh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Um, so should we move on to number two? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So number two, uh, the top ten offseason moves, is DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Arizona Cardinals. First of all, everybody said this, but I'm going to say it too. What the hell was Houston thinking? <laughs> what? I don't effing get it. I don't. And the only thing I could think is they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to extend him and pay him. Yeah, and I mean, he's yeah, 28 years old. He was looking at a, probably a really lucrative contract. Probably just didn't want to pay the guy. And, Dude, uh, there's – look, Michael in. Thomas, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, those are my top three wide receivers in the game. Yeah. And so You keep those guys and you pay them. I don't <laughs> care what the situation is. Honestly, if I was Deshaun Watson, I would be pissed – how do you feel about that? But also we'll talk about his, how that's going to affect him in Arizona. So you just named your top three wide receivers uh, really quick. Can you repeat them back to me? It was DeAndre Hopkins, who and who? So Michael Thomas. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Okay. So with you saying that, both Tyreek Hill and Julio Jones are going ahead of DeAndre Hopkins right now in draft. DeAndre Hopkins is looked at as a wide receiver five. Well, and honestly, I guarantee you, if he was still in Houston, he'd be going higher because be going higher. Sean Watson is top quarterback. Of course, of course, of course. Um, what's interesting about that too is that this is another player who has sustained and proven that he can put up top three fantasy seasons. Right? He is an unbelievable athlete, and he's great for fantasy, and he's great for real life football. I don't understand how he drops to that wide receiver five. I guess you have to look at the other wide receivers that are in front of him. Obviously, Michael Thomas, he probably slips in there, right? I mean, number one overall wide receiver last year. Yep. Uh, who was the other one you put in front of him just now? So I don't know. Is Devontae Adams going ahead of Hopkins? He is going ahead of him. I think he's yeah. four. I think that's fair. Look, I don't mind those other four wide receivers going before Hopkins, especially because, look – uh, what's the their quarterback's name? Arizona, the Kyler Murray. He is good and he's on the rise, but he's no Deshaun Watson when with his arm. He's not Deshaun Watson with his arm yet, and he could be better than Deshaun Watson. Who knows? Be better, yeah, it's too soon to tell. But um, right now, based on what we know, we know Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback for DeAndre Hopkins when it comes to fantasy football. So I guarantee you, if he was still on Houston, he would be going number three or four at least. Just yeah. like those rankings, I think Hopkins drops a little bit. He's still talented. He still has a good quarterback. It's not like he has a 
terrible quarterback. Oh, so like he's, never mind. I'm not going to say that. He's going to say it's not <laughs> going to the Raiders. Sorry. Um, but he, I guarantee if he was going to the Niners, he, he would drop too. Look, unless he was going to Kansas City or Green Bay or one of these other teams with like an elite, elite quarterback, he's dropping. So Kyler Murray's good. Quarterback play is the reason why Hopkins drops a couple spots for me. Yeah, quarterback play, and I think just in general, like Deshaun Watson, arguably a better quarterback than Kyler Murray as of right now where it stands today. Um, but overall offense, I don't know. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, um, I don't know who the tight end is out there. <laughs> Kenyon Drake? Uh, Kenyon Drake. Um but they do have a great offense. Honestly, I think they have a better offensive no, line. No, they do. They do. I mean, you're looking at Deshaun Watson's O line in Houston, like, oh my goodness. That's why he was able he was to put up some of the craziest up. plays you have ever seen because he was Dude, constantly fighting for his in life. The eye last <laughs> year. He got poked in the eye, falling, throws it to the tight end, touchdown. I remember mm -hmm. that, man. It was crazy. So looking at that better overall offense, I think you have to put Arizona in that category, even though Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Now we know that quarterbacks don't, they're not the, even though they can make or break an offense, they're not the only component. There are multiple components to what makes a great offense. And I think overall Arizona is probably going to have the better year offensively. Um, but that may be a bold statement. I don't know just yet, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, as far as that is concerned, though, man, DeAndre Hawkins, wide receiver five, the only reason why I would say that or I could see that is because of what you just said. Deshaun Watson's a better QB, and he's going to a place where he's probably going to be the number one option. That's actually a true statement. But there are other valuable weapons around him, and so that might – that might be why he's being ranked a little bit lower than uh, yeah. last year. So I think we're both in agreement. He drops a little bit, but not much. Yeah, not too much. Not he's much still going to be. He's twenty eight years old. The yeah. guy is the guy is great, and he's going to be here for a long time. So yeah, he's Absolutely. he's going to be good. Okay, well, this next one honestly is the most difficult to assess for me. Oh, and really? Todd Gurley is now on the Atlanta Falcons. There's no Devonte Freeman anymore. Todd Gurley. Look, the reason why it's so difficult for me is because look at what Todd Gurley, he's been injury prone lately. He hasn't he been as productive. productive lately. And look, we've seen this. No, but no fantasy running back sustains it for too long. He had a good three year stretch where he was the best in the league and mm -hmm. it went away. And that just happens. It's very rare. And I'm actually curious. I think about this a lot of times. How long is Zeke going to keep it up? I mean, that he's been there like a baller since his rookie year. I don't know how long one running back has been in RB1, but it can't be more than five or six years. I mean, yeah. who knows? Same with Christian McCaffrey, too. You can make the same argument for, for that guy. But uh, but back to Gurley, I, I don't know how to assess this. He's definitely not going to be RB1. But my question, is he an RB2? That's a more better question. I would say maybe a back-end RB2. Because if you look at Atlanta, for even though they have 
great pieces. They struggled. They were losing last year. Are they behind or in shootouts? Is Gurley going to uh, do well in that scenario? I don't know. I'm going to say at best he's a low-end RB2. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably agree with you. Maybe a little bit higher. Um, but overall, yeah, probably lower back half. Probably a solid running back too. I don't see any problems there. But I will say this, and I'm just going to give my hot take, that this is – oh, wait, no. I botched it. I was going to play a nice little sound <laughs> here. Um, let's see here. That's the sound of a dumpster fire. Oh, I, yeah. I, I want to avoid that situation. No discredit to the man himself. He put up great numbers for plenty of years. Um, but he's injury prone now, and that's just the sad reality of it. And he's going to a great team. Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. They have great weapons there and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Um, this could totally come back to bite me in the honkers. I don't know why I said honkers. But <laughs> it could come back to haunt me. I just don't know if I want to take him with his injury issues. Um, I'd rather just have someone else pay the price for him. And golly, if they end up with a – you know, high ceiling RB one or a solid RB two good for you. But I think there are other players going around similar positions than him in the draft that I'd probably rather take. Yeah. Look, I don't want him as my one, as one of my starting running backs. I, I want him as a flex or a, maybe one of my bench spots, but if I have two flexes, definitely as one of my flexes, I think he's going to go higher than he should because of name value. And I think there's going to be people like people we know who are going to take him higher just because, oh, it's Todd Gurley. He's in Atlanta. Atlanta's good. Matt Ryan's good. Julio Jones. It It's an interesting situation. It's within the realm of possibilities that Todd Gurley is an RB1. It can happen. Not out of the realm of possibility. It definitely can happen. So I'm not discrediting that possibility. And it looks like his ADP is – 7.1, which would be round seven, uh, first pick in the seventh round. That's his ADP right now, average draft, draft position. That's that's reasonable, but I think he's going to go in the fourth or fifth round in a lot of leagues because of name value for sure. Um, but for a low-end RB2 or a mid-range RB2, seventh round is, is not bad. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, personal preference, I'd probably just yeah. So another difficult one for me is – David Johnson in Houston. This is crazy because same situation. I would not be surprised if David Johnson finishes as an RB1. I, I would not Neither be surprised. But I also won't be surprised if he completely is irrelevant, just like last year. Look, this hurts me because I traded for David Johnson. <laughs> uh, as soon as he – I think it was – as soon as he started messing up, as soon as he started sitting and Kenyon Drake was balling out, I took an opportunity and I traded for Calvin John or David Johnson in a keeper league. And it didn't work out for me. And I traded him away because I don't know how this is going to work out in Houston. They still have a Duke Johnson, I believe. Uh, they don't have Hyde anymore. Hyde went to, uh, yeah. to Seattle. But if you look at Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde rushed for 1,000 yards last year. If 
David Johnson is taking that on, that's not bad. And we, David Johnson is a hell of a receiver too. And I think Deshaun Watson might throw to him a lot. So I don't know. I, I feel like very similar to Todd Gurley. Realistically, maybe a high-end RB3, low-end RB2, but his ceiling is an RB1. His floor is on the bench. So that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you on many points there. Uh, both Todd Gurley and David Johnson um, are younger running backs. They're they're in their twilight, so to speak. They're 28, 27 years old, I believe, both of them. I think Todd Gurley's even a little bit younger. Um, but kind of going off of what you said about Carlos Hyde, he wasn't the greatest – and I think even in our 10-team league, I mean, I think I even had to spot start him one week. Like, people were it. starting. I kept yeah, trying people, to get him from you. Yeah, so people were starting him. And he. I think the best thing about it, too, is that he wasn't a dud. He wasn't great, but he wasn't a dud. He didn't go out there and get you two or three points. He was consistently getting you 9, 10, 11 fantasy points a game, which isn't great, isn't you know, it, it, it kind of holds its own weight. He was yeah. able to salvage you some points and in tight games, that's what you needed. Um, so I think inserting a better player overall. Now, yeah. again, you could say, Hey, he's injury prone, just like Todd Gurley. And going back to what I said about Todd Gurley, I want to avoid that situation. However, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'll take me some David Johnson. And I like to change the scenery. I think it's going to be a better fit. Also, hand issues, not the same as knee issues. So I would really like to see what happens uh, in Houston with David Johnson. And I'll probably draft him for the right price if he's sitting around there. Also, I love to go running back heavy. He's going in the later rounds, right? He's not going in that first, second. Yeah. I don't think he's in the third round, right? He's going later. Um, so if I can get a name like that, David Johnson – uh, new face, new team. Oh man, I'll take it. I'll take it any day of the week, especially yeah. if he can duplicate those numbers that Hyde did and add a few more touchdowns to it. I think he'd be great. Yeah. And he's definitely going to be catching more than Hyde did. So if you take those same rushing numbers as Hyde, add a l couple more receptions there, I think it could be better. I feel more comfortable. Look, I think Todd Gurley is going to be drafted higher than David Johnson, but I feel more comfortable taking uh, David Johnson honestly, I would say the same for the price that I'm going to have to pay for it. All right. So this one's interesting. So wide receiver Stefan Diggs, previously of the Minnesota Vikings is now on the Buffalo bills with your favorite quarterback, Josh Allen. No, you do like him though. You do like him a lot. So how do you feel about this, man? Is Diggs elevated? Uh, is he going down? What, what do you think? Uh, I think he's going down. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Well, Josh Allen is a good quarterback. He's pretty good. He's a really good young quarterback. Yeah, he's highly inaccurate. Uh, he has to work on that, which I think he will. Um, however, I just think with the scenario, you look at Buffalo as a whole, they have a great defense. They're going to be probably in one of the worst. Is worser a word? I don't think it is. <laughs> they're going to be in a bad division with Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. You have the Dolphins, Patriots. Um, who else is in there? Oh, gosh, this is making us look bad. But 
I think that division is up for grabs. Buffalo's defense is stellar. Their run game is going to be pretty good. Oh, the Jets? Uh, the Jets. So there you yeah. go. Bad team all around, right? Uh, and with that being said, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to catch a lot of balls. And if you don't catch a lot of balls, you don't sustain a high fantasy ceiling. And if you don't have a high fantasy ceiling, you fall in drafts. And he's falling in drafts. And I probably won't pick him up. I think there are better options. Like last year, I had John Brown. I loved it. He was putting up numbers for me. It was great. Now you say, oh, well, Gabe, you just insert a better receiver, and he's going to have John Brown numbers like last year. But John Brown is still there, too. Still there. And I don't think that's a valid argument. I don't think it plays out the same way as it did last year. I just think that means there's more opportunity to spread the ball around. Um, And unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen. So I don't see Diggs on my radar. Do I think he has fantasy relevance? Of course. He's a great wide receiver. In the real world, have at it. I think this is a great move for Buffalo. Fantasy-wise, I'll probably stay away from him. Uh, if he falls to the right price, yes, but I, I, I don't want him on my team. Look, I see where you're coming from because Josh Allen is runs a lot. He's mm-hmm. a running quarterback. They have Devin Singletary. They drafted a rookie. I think they're going to run a lot. They have. It's just their style. But this is might be one where we disagree the most because I think Stephon Ooh. Diggs is going to explode. I don't know nice. why. I think for some reason, I, I can't explain it. It's like, even though I do think they're going to run a lot, I think Diggs is elevated. There's no uh, there's no bad blood between him and the Bills yet. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, he doesn't, he's not overshadowed by, he's, there's no discuss. like there was a debate, who's better, Adam Thielen or Despawn Diggs? We don't know. He's the guy. He's the best wide receiver on this team. John Brown is really good, but yeah. Diggs is better. And them having each other might be better for one another, for both of them, because the the better the best cornerback isn't going to always be on one or the other. Maybe the best cornerback is on Diggs, so now it frees up John Brown or vice versa. So we're going to have to yeah. see. But I I think I don't think Diggs is necessarily going to be a wide receiver one. But I do think he'll be a high-end wide receiver too. Yeah, and I want to agree with you. Yeah. I really, because like you said earlier, I love Josh Allen. I mm-hmm. think he has great potential. And if Diggs is good, that means Allen is doing good too. Oh right? yeah, exactly. So I want him to do good. I just let's put it this way: Do we think Diggs finishes as a top? I don't know what's within the realm of possibility. A top fifteen wide receiver this year. Ooh. I say, oh, that is so tough. But I say yes, but just like 14th or 15th. I think he falls right outside. Probably, he could probably make the argument top 20, but we'll revisit it later. So, Hey, maybe that could be our first bet to keep track of. Will Stephon Diggs be a top 15 wide receiver? I say yes. I say no. Well, book it down. All right, book it down. That's our... That's our statement when we say book it down. Because on the show that I watch, they say put it on the board. So ours should be book it down. Do you want to keep track of these? Yeah, I'll keep track of them. All right, cool. So we can put them in the Google Doc or something like that. Awesome. All right. So this next one, I is so just – I don't want anything to do with this. 
Melvin Gordon is on the Denver Broncos. And I'm sorry, Gabe, because I traded you, not to open up old wounds, but I traded you Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon for Michael Thomas. And I think I slightly won that trade, but Eckler could ball out. You did. You did definitely win that trade. Um, But I was looking at it. It was the first year of a Dynasty League startup, and I was looking at it with the potential eyes of, oh, well – Melvin Gordon's going somewhere else next year. Exactly. So, uh, and potentially two top 10 running backs. Exactly. But little did I know long-term he would end up in Denver of all places. Yes. Yeah, so, but also regarding that trade, this was before Michael Tom, this was like week two or three before we knew Michael Thomas was just the best wide receiver in, in fantasy in the league. I mean, this was, was before it was established. Arose to what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think you would have made the trade if, if it was week eight and no. with, you probably wouldn't have. So look, Melvin Gordon could have gone somewhere where he would have been an RB one. Let's say the chiefs didn't draft a rookie and they signed Melvin Gordon. Then you'd be, maybe you won the trade then, you know, yeah. it yeah. just depends. It could have gone either way. So you took a risk and it, it's not bad. You Eckler is, I think Eckler is going to be an RB one. I really do. Um, so Melvin Gordon, look, I am not touching this. Denver backcourt with a thousand foot pole. I'm not drafting <laughs> any of them unless it's like the back end of my bench. Melvin Gordon will be drafted because he's a name, but I'm not touching this backfield at all. I think Melvin Gordon's like a running back three at yeah. most. Like most of these other stories, we're going to kind of just skip through the last couple here, but uh, definitely denied. <laughs> I am not touching Melvin Gordon. Yeah. In the real world, though, I do think it's kind of a good move. I mean, you're looking at a team that spent nothing draft capital-wise on Philip Lindsay, and he just happened to have a great year. But there's no risk for them there because he was an undrafted rookie. Yeah. But what? He's gone now. Not really that relevant. Royce Freeman, high draft capital. Looks like he's not going to pan out the way they wanted him to. So, I mean, Melvin Gordon got paid. He's going to be on a football team that's probably going to be okay. Uh, Fantasy-wise, no way. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's touch on these last couple. The the last four aren't huge fantasy relevant, but they're still worth talking about. So Philip Rivers in Indianapolis now. How do you think he does? How do you think his pass catchers do? I like it. I like it. If T.Y. can stay healthy, I like it. I don't think – I think he's an upgrade from uh, Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, They got a good team. They have – Improving defense, good offense. If T.Y. can stay healthy, those two are going to be good. They just signed, I think, literally today, uh, rookie wide receiver Michael Pittman signed his four-year rookie contract. Oh, nice. Uh, He's going to be a great wide receiver. Um, I mean, first-year wide receivers don't always pan out year one. But I don't know. When you look at the situation as a whole, though, I mean, Phillip Rivers is older, so I don't know how long-term their plans are with him. But short-term, yeah, puts – Fans in the seats, and they'll probably have a great record, and they're going to be contenders. So, well, yeah. So the thing is with the Colts, they're already really good. They have a great defense. Mm-hmm. They have a great uh, uh, offensive line. Yeah, they have good running backs. They have T. Y. Hilton when he when T. Y. Hilton is at his best and he has a good quarterback. He's a wide receiver one. Uh, they they signed a new tight end. Mm-hmm. I think they have Trey Burton now. Yeah. Uh, so and they still have Jack Doyle. Look, I think and Phillip Phillip Rivers, Rivers are to the tight ends. So 
Yeah, I think Philip Rivers is similar to how he was in with the Chargers, like a a low end RB or a low BQ low end QB one, high end QB two. I think Ty is elevated though. I think Ty might have similar numbers to when he was playing with Luck. Maybe not as good because he had yeah. some monster seasons with Luck. But yeah. I think Ty is going to benefit the most from this. Yeah, and I do too. I mean, you're not looking at Andrew Luck in his prime. You're looking at Philip Rivers at the end, like his sun is setting. Right? Yeah. But he's still uh, pretty he's good. Still an upgrade, and he's still pretty good. And I definitely think it's an upgrade for T.Y. Hill. So, yeah. Awesome. So, Austin Hooper, who was for a long time last season, he was the, <laughs> he was the best uh, tight end in the first half of the season and in Atlanta. And now he's on the Browns. How do you feel about this? Oh, I'm looking for how I feel about it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I thought it was going to pan out better. Uh, I don't really care too much. Um, what he did last year was really good for fantasy. Uh, I don't think he does the same this year. I don't think he even comes close to it. He's got better weapons. OBJ, Landry, David Njoku, who's still trying to pan himself out. Kareem Hunt, who's going to be catching balls. Uh, and Nick Chubb, who's going to be running the ball. Baker Mayfield, I'm not a big fan on Baker Mayfield. I hope he pans out just in terms of you know being optimistic and that I kind of like him. He was fun on a uh, what's HBO show Hard Knocks. Oh Hard, yeah, yeah. On Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, so he got a new fan out of me. But he's got to show a lot. To he was one of the worst quarterbacks last year in fantasy football. Yeah, and in real very life, disappointing. We thought he, dude, around. he was being drafted top five last year. Yeah, and then probably no. one of the worst draft picks you could have made last year. Um, even if you took him, yeah, he was. It was just a bad scenario, but OBJ is going to be healthy this year. He supposedly wasn't healthy last year. Landry's there. There's just so many weapons. Um, Baker Mayfield has to improve tremendously to kind of see any relevance to support uh, good. I mean, you you plugged a podcast that you listened to earlier. Uh, I'm plugging one now, the Fantasy Footballers. I love their content. Uh, they have him right now ranked as the tight end 21. And wow. Tight end 21. Damn. Don't do anything for fantasy football. That's crazy. Away. Yeah, they have uh, Chris Herndon, New York Jets tight end in front of him. Hawkers, wow. Uh, Detroit Lions tight end in front of him. And Jarwin, Dallas tight end in front of him, like right before him. That's surprising, to be honest. Yeah, it is surprising. Well, no, I don't really think it is. I, I just don't see anything. That's happening. crazy. I actually think he's going to be top 15. Ooh, okay, okay. I think he's going to be uh, – honestly, I think he's going to be around top 10, but not in the higher top 10, but I think he's going to be in the lower bottom half of top 10, to be honest. Uh, because, look, tight end is the hardest, most difficult position in fantasy football to deal with if you have a tight end spot and I think you can do worse. I don't think he's going to be near as good as he was last year, but I do think he's going to be solid because a lot of times when, when quarterbacks struggle, they throw to their tight end. So I think we'll see, but who knows David and Joku is supposed to be really good. And even when he's healthy, he's not doing well. So, so we'll see how that works out quick. You said top 10, I'm just going to throw out 10 names there. 
and let's see what you think. So Travis Kelsey, number one, George Kittle, number two, Mark Andrews, number three, Zach Ertz, number four, Darren Waller. Uh, Jared Cook is – this is where we start to kind of have some question marks, you know. Okay. Could slip into that range, but I don't even know. Jared Cook probably going to do a better season. Mike Isecki's going to have a better season. Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy, will have okay. a better season. Tyler Higby and Dallas Goddard. And then you have Hunter Henry rounding out the top 11. So I do think there are better options there. I I don't I wouldn't surprise me if he's if he finishes uh in that six or seven spot out of those guys to be honest it wouldn't surprise me because look he has the talent and Baker Mayfield his first season he was decent so I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top six to ten spots you ready for our next bet sure let's do it okay so you're saying that uh, Austin Hooper tight end for the Cleveland Browns will finish inside the top ten. So in between, yeah, just inside the top ten. Even if he gets that tenth spot, I win. I win the bet. Sure. And I say he falls somewhere outside. I am not touching him at all. I probably won't even. I don't think. All I right. Uh, what was it? Book it down. Book it down. Book it down. All right. So uh, this next one. So Teddy Bridgewater is now the new quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. We had uh, what was the Kyle Allen was there last year. Cam Newton's out of there. Uh, Kyle Allen's actually in Washington now, which is interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, look, sure. this is not, this is good for the Panthers. He stepped in for the for Drew Brees last year. They still had a winning record. He's not gonna blow everybody out of the water, but he's a solid quarterback. He's gonna help them win games. I think this is positive for Carolina Panthers as a real NFL football team. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not necessarily drafting Teddy Bridgewater as my fantasy quarterback, especially in a 10 team league where we're most of us only draft one. Yeah. Not necessarily taking him, but as much as more of a tick McCaffrey can get, I think it helps McCaffrey. I think (laughs) it helps. Look, DJ Moore. We saw DJ Moore was QB proof last year. He emerged as a beast, no matter who was throwing to him. So I think he, Honestly, if DJ Moore repeats what he did last year, that's amazing. So I think he stays on par. I don't think much changes in Carolina other than their win record will go up. Yeah, most definitely. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly there. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, improvement over Kyle Allen. And last year, even though the Panthers weren't the greatest, they were in contention with a losing record well into the later part of the season last year. Yeah. And like you said, DJ Moore shined last year. I made a trade for him in our dynasty, not in our dynasty league, in one of our other leagues uh, just this offseason. I was able to grab uh, DJ Moore and who was the other one? Uh, Keenan Allen. And unfortunately, I had to send OBJ away. But I like DJ Moore this year. I think he's going to do great things. Now, there are question marks, um, one being Teddy Bridgewater. However, they have a new coach as well. Ron Rivera is out. He's in Washington now. And we're looking at a guy who doesn't have NFL experience. His name is Matt Rule. But he came from college where he ran a spread offense, multiple wide receivers on the field at a time. I think they're going to be throwing the football a lot. It's time for Teddy Bridgewater to finally have his moment to shine. And I think he comes through. Believe it or not, back in, what, 2016, I think, whenever – I don't know. He, he – Ah, this is going to make me sound weird now because I don't have the correct info. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was very high on Teddy Bridgewater when he was drafted in Minnesota. Well, on Minnesota, he was 
He did yeah. really well his rookie year. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And that was before um, I really knew too much about fantasy. I haven't been playing fantasy that long. And I loved it when he was in Minnesota. Unfortunately, horrific leg injury took about two years of his playing career away from him. But he's still young. He's in an offense that's going to throw the ball. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Curtis Samuel. And he's got freaking the tank CMC. So I think he's. I think Carolina is going to surprise some people, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm actually excited to watch this team. Look, I think this is an upgrade at QB. So I think if DJ Moore was balling with – look at DJ Moore's numbers, man. They were crazy good, unexpected. Like, we did not expect him to do that well. Mm-hmm. And uh, because in our Dynasty League – I waited on wide receiver and I wide receiver was my worst position going into the draft. And I had Cooper cup and DJ Moore ended up working out great for me. Yeah. yeah, I bet. And, and then I traded for Michael Thomas. So ended up working out great for me. And look, I think it's nothing but good things for Carolina and for DJ Moore for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so last one in the top 10, and then we'll discuss some of the honorable mentions really quick. So Emmanuel Sanders goes to new Orleans. Look, I don't think there's much to say about this. That that second wide receiver spot in New Orleans has been interchanging like so many times in the past couple of years. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to do well wherever he goes. He's he's going to New Orleans. He's he'll be a a formidable wide receiver three, in my opinion. Yeah, he'll. I mean, I'll probably go a little lower than that. He'll probably be yeah, like possibly a honestly next option for me. Um, I don't think it does a lot for Michael Thomas either. We've, Michael Thomas proved last year he was undoubtedly the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he's still going to get double coverage. He's still going to be great. And now he's got a better option at wide receiver two on the other side lining up for him. So I think overall, NFL-wise, it's a great move. I like it. Um, but I don't think a lot changes. I think he's going to put up kind of the same numbers he's been putting up the last few fantasy seasons, which is not really anything special. And he's a week to week flex start at best. Yeah. It's, it's solid though. You know, he's, he's a bench spot or a flex spot for sure. Definitely. I'll pick him up in the later rounds for sure. Awesome. All right. So some of these honorable mentions, I'm just going to read them off real quick. And you, if there's any of them you want to discuss, we'll discuss them. So yeah, tight end Hayden Hurst on the Atlanta Falcons, tight end Rob Gronkowski on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, tight end Eric Ebron on the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) Wide receiver Brandon Cooks on the Houston Texans. Running back Matt Breida on the Miami Dolphins. uh, Wide receiver Robbie Anderson on the Carolina Panthers. Um, Also, Jordan Howard went to the Miami Dolphins as well. Um, So any of these stand out to you? Uh, Yeah, quite a few of them do. I know we're not going to talk about all of them. I don't really care too much about Hayden Hurst in Atlanta. Obviously, Rob Gronk. Uh, Rob Gronk, Rob Gronk, in uh, Tampa Bay is really cool. I don't. We'll have to talk about him later. Uh, Ebron is a good signing for Pittsburgh. I think he'll find some relevance there. Although, yeah, he should be fine. Brandon Cooks uh, in Houston. I like the move. It sucks that he has these concussion issues, but you literally lose. I think what it was. What was uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the league leader in targets? If he wasn't last year, he's been the league leader in targets for some number of years. And now you insert Brandon Cooks there. I mean, there's a lot of potential there if he can stay healthy. And he's a burner. He can get downfield. And that seems to be what they have a lot of there. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, 
they're going to be throwing the ball downfield a lot. And I like it. I, I will take him as a flyer in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I think, honestly, look, a lot of these are interesting. Gronk is interesting. Uh, the Miami running back situation. Maybe when we do our running back episode. Yeah, like, that would be fun to talk about. Confusing, unsure backfields. They'll definitely be in the conversation. Um, that's interesting. But I think Brandon Cooks is the most intriguing because I am telling you, there's a possibility that he's in the top 10, not high end top 10, but number 10 spot. Look, yeah. look at his numbers since he's been in the league. He's been a great wide receiver and over a thousand yards. His injuries last year were concussions, yeah, which are terrible. And he needs to be careful, but they weren't leg injuries or back injuries or anything like that. As long as he stays safe with the with those head with his head, he could be legit. And look, Will Fuller's gonna get his, but there's a lot of passes to go to in Houston. There's a lot of passes to go around in Houston. And with with uh what David Johnson and Brandon Cooks there, we everybody's undervaluing them right now. Mm. They could both be really solid additions, and they're going low, so people might get better than what they're paying for with these two guys. Yeah, I <laughs> I love me some Brandon Cooks this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, you me too, man. And Jordan Howard. That'll be something we could talk about later. Uh, gut instinct, though. Who would you rather have, Matt Brader or Jordan Howard? Three, two, one. Matt Brader. Ooh, I take Jordan Howard. But that's a discussion for a later day, so we'll see. Well, uh, I'll say really quick because Matt Breida's they're going to be behind a lot and Matt Breida's going to catch more passes. That's, that's true. That's true. And I'll say Jordan Howard because, yeah, that's true. They're going to be behind a lot. But, you know, despite the name value of Jordan Howard, he's been good. Like, he, he may not be good for fantasy, but he's been good in terms of the NFL. And I think it's just a matter of time before he finds the right fit. Uh, he came in. He was good for a year in his rookie year. Then Matt Nagy comes along and has all these different plans for him. Then he gets shipped off to Philadelphia. I just don't think he's ever had the right fit. But his first year, when we saw that he had a comfortable fit, he was good. And so I hope we see something like that for him in Miami. Yeah. Uh, and, and we didn't even touch on Robbie Anderson. That's just another valuable weapon for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because they still have uh, is uh, they have another guy. What is, Samuels or, or who is it? Yeah. They have – who? Curtis Samuels, DJ Moore. Yep. They got solid offense right there, so so that's good for them. I, I can't remember who their tight end is. Maybe it's some unknown mm-hmm. guy because I know uh, – what's his name is gone? Uh, Greg Olson. I think he went to Seattle as well. Um, so yeah, I know. It's so weird seeing him and then <laughs> seeing uh, the Raiders. They, uh, they got – what's his name? Uh, Jason Witten. I so weird seeing those guys in in different on different teams. All right, so to wrap up every show, I want to make a bold prediction. And since like when we're doing this show weekly, we can make a prediction for that week, you know, for that Sunday. Let's do it now. What I what I want to make our bold prediction on is which rookie will have the best fantasy season. We don't know much right now, but from what we know, who do you think is going to have the best fantasy season based on the information you know right now? Now, before I say this, this is a bold take. Exactly. Right? This is a bold prediction. So obviously there are rookies out there that I think are going to have uh, really good fantasy seasons. 
And I think this one's a question mark, not too sure about him, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because I'm not too unsure about this. I am positive that Keyshawn Vaughn running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to come out. He's going to shine. He's going to take that James White role that they so desperately need down there in Tampa because Tom Brady has utilized weapons like that for years and he's going to have a great fantasy season. Maybe not at the start, maybe not weeks one, two, three. This might be something that might help you in your playoff run, but he will be a great asset for your fantasy football team in the later half of the season. Keyshawn Vaughn, write it down. He's going to be great for fantasy. Dude, I'm so glad you said that because I think he's flying. That's not my choice, but I think he's flying under the radar. I've noticed in these mock drafts that I do, a lot of people don't take him. I, uh, I have him. I actually have him and Ronald Jones in one of the drafts that I did do. And I love having both those options because who knows how it's going to pan out. But I, yeah. I'd rather have Kayshawn Vaughn than Ronald Jones. And because uh, Ronald Jones had his chance, but who knows how it's going to work out with this new team? Yeah. We don't and know this is, this is why we call them a bold prediction because you know why? I do like Ronald Jones. Uh, he hasn't been the best for fantasy and he hasn't been the best in yeah. NFL terms, but. Both. Isaac could be valuable. Look at uh, James White and so Tony Michelle. They were options in in New England, at least not last year, but the year before. Sony Michelle was really good. That is uh, very so, good. That's a good point. But I like fine. Jacob, take it away. I like that. So I, I, this is tough. This is hard because I don't think uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a lock to be the be- have the best season rookie. That everybody hypes up. Th- these guys and look, th- Zeke oh, and you're talking to me, man. Of all people, who hype up rookie running backs. Look at who you're talking to. Zeke and Barkley are exceptions. They are just just different animals. But the I don't think Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They have like five running backs in Kansas City. I think they're all gonna play. So <laughs> for me, and I look, I want to. I I thought about going DeAndre Swift, but I'm that scares me a little bit. I thought about going Justin Jefferson in Minnesota because he's going to feel that Stefan Diggs role, feel that Stefan Diggs role. But I'm going with this one. I'm going with CD lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. That's a good one. That's a good Look, one. They have Amari Cooper. Um, they have, what's his name? Their other uh, Michael Gallup. But if you watch the draft, they were so excited to draft CD lamb. If you watch the draft, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, they were so excited when their draft pick came up and they still, they were so happy. They took CD lamb. They love him. They have plans for him. I don't know if a team can sustain three fantasy relevant wide receivers. It's very rare, but I won't be surprised if CD lamb surpasses Gallup as the number two. And that offense is just so damn good with Zeke yeah. and Pollard and on yeah. the pass catchers, they have a new tight end. I, I think CD land and look, he has the look, he has the name to be a superstar. <laughs> I think it works. So my bold, pre- and again, bold prediction, it's probably not the smartest pick. Yeah, it's a bold guys. pick. CD lamb is my bold prediction of the week for a rookie. That's going to have the best fantasy season. I can't not disagree with you. I love it. <laughs> I like it. More of it. Let's do it. Well, that's going to do it for the first episode of the FRF podcast, the first round fantasy podcast. Thank you. 
We are first round fantasy because we're just simply the best. We're first round fantasy level. And I will say, before anybody is too harsh on us, we are not fantasy experts. I'll tell you that right now. Have we you are seen not new fantasy record. It is. It's not good. We it's are not, not football experts. We are just big fantasy football fans. We love it too much. We play in too many leagues, and we we oversaturate our social lives with fantasy football. So we want to channel that and put it all into this podcast. So that's what we're doing here. You're going to see some new names on here in the future. You're going to see our buddy Demont, our buddy Joe. Uh, we're actually going to get our buddy Johnny on the podcast as well. He's actually very excited to do it as well. So you will see new names, but for it'll be me and Gabe will be regulars on here along with some of the other guys. So thank you everybody for watching. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to first round fantasy. We're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. Gabe, I know you have some really cool ideas, man, that we're going to try different shows, different segments, things like that. So yeah, Look forward to any last words, man, for your first episode. I'm excited. This was fun. Uh, you'll just have to wait and see. You'll have to follow us on this journey, guys. Just Absolutely. give us a chance. Uh, we're new to this, and I think we're going to be good at it because we love it. And I'm also out of water, so this is a perfect time to end. Perfect. So all right. Thank you all for watching again, and we will see you all on the next episode. Have a good night or day anywhere. Five o'clock somewhere. Bye.